Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated and fully boosted Johnson in D.C. Today, my guest is Allison Gill. She's the host of the Daily Beans and the Muller She Wrote podcasts. There is a lot to unpack, so we're going to get into it. But before we do, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going, so I am so grateful for each and every one of you. If you enjoy today's show, visit patreon.com slash start me up. You'll see that I offer a bunch of different tiers, including one that has a much shorter intro and is completely ad-free. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show only by me. Whatever I feel like talking about that particular day, it's kind of like a stream of consciousness. Again, just go to patreon.com slash start me up. Take a look at the different options. You can always upgrade later. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast store become a subscriber because it's free and while you're there please rate the show and leave a review now please enjoy my conversation with allison gill welcome back to the show allison uh, hello hello how are you <laughs> i am <Kimberly's> so great <laughs> <laughs> i am so excited to talk to you today oh my god so much is going on and you're so in the know and now you're becoming like my go-to person when it comes to anything about the one six committee or, Mer- or eric garland or anything merrick garland um So, okay, I just want to jump into this. Yesterday, you posted an exclusive and you said Pence, his aides and staff were locked out of the offices in the Capitol complex during the insurrection because their access badges had been deactivated in the morning of the attack, according to sources familiar with the incident. Now, that's what I'm going to read. I want you to go on, but those sources wanted to remain obviously anonymous. So what can you tell us? That's about all I can tell you. Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, th- there's actually quite a bit um, that that I spoke to these sources about, and a lot of it I can tell you, and a lot of it um, I am unfortunately I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I can tell you, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, these anonymous these sources have asked to remain anonymous. They're speaking in, under the condition of anonymity because of ongoing investigations, plural <laughs> investigations, Kimberly. Um, so that's, I think, Ooh. very positive news <laughs> that, that more than one person is looking into this. But um, yes, their badges were deactivated. They were working earlier that morning because mm-hmm. they were all working. And then once Pence was ushered uh, off of the floor, uh, off of the Senate floor, uh, you know, where he was certified, was it the House? It was the House, Senate floor. Okay. Um, right, yes. I don't right. remember where they certify these things. I can't remember if it's in the House. Oh, or the okay, Senate. right, anyway, yeah. He was, he was ushered off. And away, and you know, we've seen those videos of him like going out the back door mm-hmm. and how close Ashley Babbitt was to that 40 right. paces away or whatever. Uh, and he's got the nuclear football <laughs> with them. And wow. apparently, what happened is they tried to get into their offices. The vice president and his aides, his top aides, have offices at the Capitol complex because mm-hmm. the vice president, you know, like, right. like just like Kamala Harris has an office there now. And the badges weren't working. Um, And then I can't tell you how I know this, but their badges also were not working at the White House, Hmm. nor were they working at the VP, uh, the vice presidential office complex outside of the Capitol complex. So instead they ended up in, uh, and this is now where this joins up with reporting from Jonathan Carl from Mm -hmm. ABC, they ended up on a loading dock in a parking garage uh, with no desks, no chairs, no tables, huddled around. And 
this is where my sources come back in. They were actually talking about what to do because of a constitutional crisis, how they were going to get Trump out of office. How were they going to invoke the 25th Amendment? How were they going to put Pence in charge of the country? Whoa. And if you'll remember, Pence made a few phone calls to, to get yes. the National Guard out, which is something only the president can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if he thought he was in charge there for, for a minute, if they had, that's what they had discussed. He, like he was just gonna step in and take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's sort of uh, what was going on. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I can tell you. Oh, there, the access to their badges was restored later that night after the threat had passed. Um, and that's pretty much all I can all I can tell you. Everything else that we can speculate on is going to come from public reporting, like when the Secret Service Tim uh, was trying to get Pence to leave the complex. Mm-hmm. And Pence is like, you're not driving. I trust you, Tim, but I'm not getting in that car. Right. That. Oh my God. That's so eerie and freaky. And uh, and then of course when he talked to uh, Mr. Potato Head, Dan Quayle, <laughs> and and five, four or five or six times, I can't remember how many times yeah. he said, "Can how can I? I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to do what Trump wants." And and Quayle's like, "You can't, bro. You can't." And and finally, Pence says, "You don't understand the position I'm in." And that always. Right. gave me chills that gives me chills like what i mean what do you think he meant by that just what's your gut instinct my gut instinct tells me that what he was saying with you don't understand the position i'm in i think what he was saying is my life is in danger right yeah i mean that's what Honestly. it sounds like that's what it sounds like to me um yeah okay now let me ask you this i have a couple questions and i don't want to forget them with the de- deactivation who's in charge of that who would who would be the person who might be deactivating their badges i would be guessing um but as a former government employee um it's usually the the police which for them would be the u.s secret service Hmm. right they're the people who usually take the fingerprints for Mm -hmm. background checks the fbi does that as they send it to the fbi as well but that would be the secret service or uh somebody who was just subpoenaed by the January 6th committee, a fellow named John McEntee. And you and I have joked about this guy. He was the 29-year-old bro dude. Uh, can I swear on your podcast? You can swear all you want. <laughs> he was a 29-year-old fuck boy who was working <laughs> at the PPO. Um, like, this is the office, I think Esquire maybe, or GQ put out a story about him, how they were, they were playing drinking games, icing yeah. each other. I mean, oh they would God. hide off ices around and, and if you found it you had to chug it at the ppo wow um, and this dude according to the reporting more reporting from john carl kind of became the de facto head of the white house at the end of the last couple of weeks he's the one who wrote the memo to get esper out and put chris miller in hmm. he's oh, right, the one yeah. who put together the rogue legal team of eastman and uh, Clark to try to get the states to overthrow electors. He's the one who sent information to Pence's chief of staff saying, you you have the authority to, to you know, uh, throw out electoral votes from certain states, mm-hmm. quoting Thomas Jefferson for some reason. But hmm. this dude is bad news. And hmm. he's in charge of the presidential personnel office. And I then maybe they have something to do Interesting. with the badges but right. i'm also interested if maybe the national archives has that information oh yeah that would be you know and the other thing i quickly want before i forget so you said that you've got these um anonymous sources and that they're speaking uh an- anonymously just because they are involved in investigations plural 
So can you tell me what were they involved in congressional or um, federal? Kimberly, I love the way your mind works. Because <laughs> we've all been sitting here like, what's going on? When is the Department of Justice going to investigate the leaders and the funders and the, you know people besides trespassers and you know people who smeared shit on the walls mm-hmm. of the Capitol? And and I asked that same question. I said, hey, can you tell me uh, is, this congressional, <laughs> is this congressional or law enforcement? And they were unable uh, or unwilling, I should say, right. to confirm that. Interesting. Uh, but they did say, and and this isn't. I haven't put this out in the reporting, but I am allowed to tell you that they said the people who need to know know. Hmm. Okay. So now. First of all, the news just came down, and I saw you tweeted about this earlier, but uh, Scott Fairlam, who is the guy who uh, punched a police, a law enforcement officer on January 6th, he was just, I guess he got three years. Did you see that? Oh, did he? I know he. I know that the prosecutors wanted to put him away for 44 months. Did yeah. he get 36 months? Um, I, I, NPR, this is what NPR said, New Jersey man who punched a police officer in the face, blah, 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 sentenced to more than three years in prison. So <laughs> that's what we got. Now, what so I'm... Between three, that could be the full 44 months. Yeah. I would like to know. Yeah. Let's see what Scott McFarland says while we're talking. Okay. News is breaking while we're talking. <laughs> I know it's so exciting. Um, so... Now, what we keep hearing about is we're hearing all the little fish are getting in trouble. And what do you think this what do you think the sentencing means for the higher ups? I think that this is good, uh, good news, because, you know, like you said, we've all sort of been sitting around going, you know, three years probation, Mm -hmm. 30 days, two weeks, you know, not too many people have been sentenced. Um, and, you know, I've been saying, hey, they're going after the people who cooperated early mm-hmm. first. They're the ones who are going to get the first trial dates and they're the ones who are going to be they're yeah, going to have the, right. the lowest sentences because they cooperated fast. Right, they were yeah. trying to send a message to other uh, insurrectionists. If you cooperate fast, mm-hmm. you're only going to get a probation recommendation or, or, you know, zero to six months in jail, probably zero. And these are for misdemeanors, petty misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. But, Recently, I think yesterday, that woman who said, well, I'm white and I'm blonde, so I'm not going to jail. (laughs) She pleaded, uh, pled guilty to a a, a petty misdemeanor as well, but the judge gave her 60 days, which was the uh, the highest uh, that Uh that, that, uh, has been handed down so far for a petty misdemeanor. But now we're talking about the felons. Yeah. And uh, myself and a couple of other of my former federal prosecutor buddies are like, look, I think the reason they're going easy on these first ones even though Judge Beryl Howe's mad about it, some of the judges are mad about it, is so that they can leave themselves room mm-hmm. to go bigger on the later ones. And this is, I think, an indication that they are going to go bigger on these later ones. And this is, and this isn't even the top tier. These, mm-hmm. these, these, uh, those who assaulted the, the police officers. Um, we have um, even a further up tier for for those oath keepers and proud boys and three percenters that are being charged with conspiracy and potential. Um, a superseding indictments for seditious conspiracy. So I think we're going to see these middle middle tier guys all coming up with um, uh, more than three years. And this mm-hmm. is very, very good. I was very worried about this because, like you said, this was a bellwether sentencing. Mm-hmm. This was the first mm-hmm. person to be sentenced for assaulting a police officer. Yeah. Um, and I still can't find out exactly how many months they got. They were asking for 44. There's another one where they were asking for... Uh, I think Jacob Chansley, they were right. asking for 51. 
months or 60 months, something like that. But it looks like now that we're getting into the meat of the the, the a-hole non-cooperator assaulters yeah. and, and felons, people who st- stole things, we're going to start seeing bigger sentences. And I think that that's extremely important. And I hope it alleviates some of the concern that people have about the Department of Justice. Yeah, well, I mean, and I still have questions here. I went to the AP article, and of course, I get five thousand pop up uh, pop up ads. I don't see anything more than just three years, but um, but that's good to know. And so, my next question here is: so last night, Lawrence Tribe was on Lawrence O'Donnell, and he said, "Okay, there was that ruling that came down from that judge who said no, Trump can't uh, halt. What what was exactly? What was it? it was the National Archives? Um, he wanted." Uh, executive privilege and he it says let's see judge denied Trump emergency motion to shield those records so since that and then that judge said presidents are not kings and plaintiff is not president so it's a big fucking (laughs) deal yeah (laughs) yes big fucking deal so Lawrence uh, I think Lawrence O'Donnell asked Lawrence Tribe okay was maybe Merrick Garland was waiting for a judge to rule on this before Garland was going to decide what to do specifically about Bannon and then I think Tribe was like yeah this is it this is this is what he would need if that was the case so he should go what do you what's your sense on what's going to happen with Bannon because I think in in the uh during the Nixon trial, it was like with the subpoenas, it was eight days. Now we're, we're at 19 days with Bannon. Well, it wasn't the Nixon trial, eight days. That was Rita Laval in 1983 from the EPA where they oh, indicted okay. her in eight days. Gotcha. Okay. That's See, this the last is why I have you on the a... show. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the last time we've had a, a, a referral from Congress for criminal contempt. And they indicted in eight days. Okay. And they lost. The Department of Justice lost that case because oh. they did not prepare for the defense. Whoa, that's such a good so, point. That's such a good point. Yeah, and and uh, that's really funny that Lawrence Tribe and Lawrence O'Donnell are talking about. Is this what they were waiting for? I tweeted I tweeted that hmm. uh, a long time ago, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, when people were like, "Ban it, indict now, indict now," and I'm like, they might be waiting for not necessarily the executive privilege. Uh, part of that ruling to uh-huh. come down, but the legislative purpose part of that ruling. Uh-huh. And the Department of Justice even filed a thing saying Bannon has to do with this Trump case, uh, and they do have a legislative purpose, and that's what the judge, Judge Chutkin, found in 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 the Trump case. And yes, I had said that this potentially clears the way for them to indict Bannon. Mm-hmm. However, this case was not decided on the merits. The judge did say there is a legislative purpose, but she wasn't trying to decide this case on the merits. She was trying to decide if an injunction was appropriate based mm-hmm. on. Uh, irreparable harm and public interest and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So this case has not yet been decided on the merits. Um, and while the Department of Justice, I think, was waiting for this ruling to go ahead and indict Bannon, and I think that he could or should, and there's no nothing really stopping him from doing that other than making sure he's fully prepared for the defense. This is what Joyce Vance says. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a while to prepare for defense, to prepare for tre- pretrial motions. Um, you don't want to indict fast and lose in court like they did in 1983 um so it could be any number of things they you know i personally think he will indict because Mm -hmm. yesterday or two days ago he you know when asked about it he said he's it's still being considered Mm -hmm. and if he wasn't going to i think he would have decided not to already um but who knows uh i i personally think we will see bannon indicted prior to november 29th Hmm. which is 
date that the next subpoenas for information are due uh, to the January 6th committee. And I, I don't think the January 6th committee would have gone ahead with additional subpoenas mm -hmm. without having confidence that Bannon would be arrested and that their subpoenas wouldn't be ignored. Yeah, and there are a lot of people. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say it's obviously understandable. I'm, I'm included with the, the concern and the worry, but I mean, I think there's people on Twitter and they're like, well, you know, there's no reason they should be waiting. He should just do it now. And all the evidence is there and blah, 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 blah. Now, obviously what you just said contradicts all of that and what Joyce Vance has been saying, which, and I've been retweeting her. And I'm wondering, um, you know, we, the last time you were on the show, we were talking about whether to trust Merrick Garland. And I mean, it sounds to me like right now you're inching or not maybe even inching, you're, you're, you're trusting him a little more. Both of us don't like the decision he made about the E. Jean, e. Jean Carroll case. Um, but as far as this is concerned, uh, do you feel more confident in Garland at this point? As far as Bannon is concerned, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to, to folks who say the evidence is there, the evidence is there. Uh, I think, as, as I just sort of explained to you from learn from Joyce Vance, it's not mm -hmm. just about the evidence being there. It's mm -hmm. about being prepared for the defense at trial. Right. Uh, you have to prepare for that. We lost last time. We don't want to lose this. Do you know how yeah. fucking bad it would be if we lost this? You know, yeah. Bannon, can you imagine Bannon no. strutting around? I won, I won. Right. And, and raising a, a crap load of money and continuing the big lie and mm -hmm. continuing to put democracy at risk. It would be awful. He'd be able to recruit a ton of people for mm -hmm. that. It would be very bad. But with regards to Merrick Garland, I, there's some things that I love and there's some things that I hate. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think he's probably doing the right thing on Bannon and we'll, we'll find out soon. Right. Uh, that's a red line for me. If he doesn't indict Bannon, mm -hmm. that's a red line for me. I'll start asking for him to resign. Yeah. Uh, so far, he hasn't crossed any red lines for me, uh, particularly in the Mo Brooks thing or representing Trump uh, in the lawsuits for the insurrection, which hasn't even been asked of him. Uh, but he won't do it, I'm sure. Uh, the, the, the thing that's pissing me off, though, is, is that we have uh, 10 beautiful, four for sure, <laughs> obstruction of justice charges that Mueller risked a lot. Yeah to put together and protect. Uh, he risked not following the money. He risked not subpoenaing Trump, not getting to the bottom of some of the uh, the lies that he was told by Manafort and Junior and Kushner and Stone. Um, he risked a lot. He, mm -hmm. he did, he was super conservative to not get fired so he could finish up that amazingly beautiful, eloquent obstruction of justice piece. Hmm and protected it by by not accusing Trump of, of obstructing justice uh, constitutionally. And it's there and it's fucking collecting dust. Now, Graves, who is our new US attorney in the District of Columbia, who the Republicans in Congress have been slow walking and delaying his confirmation for months and months, hmm. he just got there Friday. He is the guy who would decide whether or not to charge Trump with obstruction of justice under Mueller. He is the guy who is wow. going to to run criminal investigations on the leaders and funders of the insurrection. He's the guy who, who has to indict Bannon. And he just got there Friday. And I'm not making excuses for this, the right. slowness of the Department of Justice. I'm just kind of letting people know some of these mitigating circumstances that might be impacting how things are going. I am. <laughs> I wish that I could just take everything that you had said about... Um, how fast this is going, Merrick Garland, all of it, and then like stuff it in the faces of everybody on Twitter who 
has that Twitter law degree and knows, you know, better than anybody. And you know what? I'm, I don't have a Twitter law degree. I try very hard, even with my big mouth and my passionate, you know, impatient self to kind of like hold back and listen to the experts because I am not an expert. I am a podcaster and I interview experts. And so I, I, you know, I, I, it's very frustrating to me. And this kind of plays over into the mood of the Democrats. When you see all these people on Twitter who are saying, you know, okay, the Democrats are weak and Garland is weak and this and that. And, and so my whole thing right now, and this is not necessarily about any, any of the trials or one six or anything, but I feel like it's so important for people who have, whether it's a bigger platform or a medium platform or a small platform, that number one, we don't make these automatic assumptions that everything is going to fail and automatically assume the Democrats are weak and, and scream about it all day long. Because it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to dampen any enthusiasm we have left. And it, it blows my mind that, you know, the, the Biden administration has accomplished so much in a very short period of time. Yet because of some of the news media spin we see, it's like Dems in disarray and they don't know how to do anything. Yet this, this, this recent bill was passed, which is major and huge. He did a very successful vaccine rollout. People got, you know, money, COVID relief money. There's all this stuff that's been done. People have been getting checks who have kids helping to cut child poverty. I mean, I've heard that it's it's in half and I've heard that it's less than that. But regardless, parents are getting checks and more jobs, more jobs than any other presidents. Yeah, first I mean, 10 months in history. cleaner water, broadband. The list just goes on and on. Yet we've got all these ER Democrats. Oh, we're just going to lose. And look, we are not in any safe position here. We're we're really in danger. And I think one of the main one of the main things is the gerrymandering and all of these restrictive bills that are coming down from red states. So I, that, that's partly my rant, but then <laughs> I just, you know, I noticed with you and the way you conduct your Twitter, because like I'm always yelling at everybody and, and saying we have to take back the narrative. Um, you're just taking that narrative. You're doing it right now. You're, you're, you're not taking it back. You've always just been very clear. What is your advice to everybody out there who is just completely panicking? And I'm good. You know, I'm going to, say this in in the lead when i post this on twitter like you if 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 you're a negative nelly you got to listen to this like what is your message to these people um act like a winner mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know i what you just said when you said eeyore democrats i want to make a meme now Kimberly, where we've got <laughs> where we've got eeyore on one side and the donkey from shrek on the other <laughs> right like oh you my God. choose you know <laughs> we have to it, it's up to us how we how we do this because the d triple c and the dnc isn't going to give us no. the messaging that we need no uh it, and it's up to us to to, to it, and this was blowing my effing mind the other day because we were talking about virginia before the virginia election happened and and you know everyone's like oh he didn't have the infrastructure mm-hmm. bill passed yet so they're gonna lose they're gonna lose and I'm like, are you kidding me? We have to we have to pass three trillion dollars in right. infrastructure to win an election when Republicans can can win elections by putting babies in cages. How can we not get our shit together enough? Yeah. With all of the good stuff we're doing, forget about all the stuff that's terrible that we aren't doing. Right. That the Republicans do, they stick together. Yeah. They act like winners, mm-hmm. even when they're losers. Mm-hmm. 
we need yeah. to do that. We need to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. Oh, I didn't get it, it's four weeks of paid family leave, not twelve. I'm not voting. <laughs> I, know. I know because I'd rather have Nazi rule, or I'll just yeah. give it to them. Because I'd rather have my child in a cage than right. than have to pay for six more weeks of childcare. Yeah. What? Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Fucking maddening. Um, it drives me nuts, and I'm so sick and tired of it. You know, I mean, I. I, like anybody, uh, want, I, I think it's extremely important that all voters put pressure on their elected officials when necessary. When we yes. feel that they're not doing a good job, yeah, that's the whole, the whole thing is we pay them. Our tax dollars pay them. And, it's, and even, if, even if I'm in Maryland, I can still say something to a California senator if my tax dollars are not going to them uh, yeah. just because they are representing me as a de- you know, in the Democratic Party. And so it's it's important that we do that, but I think it's also important, like you said, act like assume winner. I see so many people assuming the worst, and when we yeah. do that, we manifest the worst collectively. Act like a winner. Yeah, because it's and, and it's contagious. Kim, you've seen me do this. You've seen me go after Garland for yeah. the yes, like in no uncertain terms for the obstruction of justice charges, for the E. Jean Carroll decision, for the Lafayette Square decision, for the Bill Barr memo, March 2019 memo, half of it decision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you've seen me go after him, but I, I, it's not all or nothing mm-hmm. because he's done 600 things I like and 10 things I hate. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna be like, bah, fire him. <laughs> go after him for the things that you wanna go after him for, yeah. but be supportive all, you know, in general. All the, now I know he's not an elected official, but right. they do this for elected officials too. Oh, right. Biden. Forty-two uh, percent approval rating. He's going to wreck everything for yeah. twenty twenty-two. Oh, thanks for your help. <laughs> yes, and it's literally contagious when you see people online with a negative attitude. It's very easy to pick up that negative attitude. And I mean, when I first started social media, I, I didn't know jack shit about the internet. I used I, there was a time if you googled my name. Mm-hmm you couldn't find anything about me and I didn't really you know for the longest time I had the fucking dial up AOL and you know I (laughs) it was just like I couldn't watch YouTube because it just wouldn't come up on my so when I started doing initially I I got my internet platform uh, I started on Facebook and I just watched what other people did and what I viewed and what I witnessed was it's very easy and and liberals don't like to think this about themselves but it's very easy to lead people it's very easy and one way one thing that I can use as proof is all you have to do is ask a leading question and everyone jumps on to answer everyone Mm -hmm. and so it's like everybody wants to be a part of it And and this is not me condemning anybody or making fun because I'm included on this when when you're scrolling down Facebook or, or Twitter, and you see a question posed, even one that's kind of obvious, like we all feel the same way about it. Um, there's this thing that you want to answer. Oh, I know, I know. I want to answer this. And, and people are like that. So it's like, it's, it's very easy to kind of lead people and including intelligent people. And so yeah. with that in mind, it doesn't matter if you only have 75, if you're not a, a, a fucking troll, if you're like a legitimate person on Twitter who wants to make a difference, even if you only have 75 followers or something like that, 
your just like said you said winning attitude your assumption that we can do this someone else is going to see that and they're going to it's going to be contagious and they're going to pick up on it and i've been trying to do that to a degree because i think one of the things that we really have to do is you know i mean there was that stupid fucking tweet from ted cruz mocking hillary clinton and big bird and you know, it's clear to me that whether it's Josh Hawley or, or Marjorie Taylor Greene or any of these people, they are desperately wanting us to take their bait and jump on to that stupid. They make outrageous statements intentionally so that they get to control the narrative. And every single time, whether it's a liberal or an independent or somebody who is against the right wing extremism comes on and argues with them on their tweet or, you know, throws an insult, because that was the first thing that I wanted to do when I saw him insulting Hillary Clinton. The first thing I wanted to do was find a way to insult him. But it's like, okay, we have a year before the 22 midterms, and these are big fucking important midterms, and insulting Ted Cruz isn't going to help that in any way, shape, or form. To me, the best thing that I can come up with, and if anybody has a better idea, I'll do it, is just to call them out for what they're doing. They're, they're spreading intentional propaganda, outrageous things just to piss us off, and they are controlling the narrative. And on yeah, top- ignore, ignore them. Let, let, the, let whoever's running against them do that yeah. job. And it's not to say that we should ignore them totally, but when oh, they're right. throwing out the garbage about Hillary, you know, something about he saw them in the wild or whatever, it was, it was, it was um, the Grouch and Big Bird, and you don't have to answer that. You don't have to do it. And if you do want to do it, take a screenshot. Don't quote yeah. tweet or don't comment. Because yeah, a lot of it is comedy gold and you, you, you want to make a joke. Right. And so yeah, screenshot that and be like, because I saw somebody was like, okay, we, you know, Biden just <laughs> gave internet to every American, broadband internet to yeah. every American and, and Ted Cruz is afraid of a pretend bird. Right. Like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's funny things to say, yes. but yeah, don't, don't and they should they that. should be mocked, and they should you know. But I think we should also call them out for being the white supremacist you know authoritarians that they are. Um, but right. we, but but when you comment on their stuff and when you quote tweet it, basically you're giving them traffic and you're amplifying their message. But when you take a screenshot, you're amplifying you know anything that gets amplified is you, not them. And so, you know, that's the best way to do it. And I mean, I was fucking born sarcastic, so I don't want to give that up. And I think it's it's fun to <laughs> mock them. That's <laughs> you know, like my mom said to me, I don't know how old I was, but maybe I was like five or something and I was misbehaving. And she said, Kimberly, I'm going to spank your fanny so hard. And I looked at her and I go, what are you going to do? Crack it open. And she just like started laughing <laughs> because it was like, what are you going to do? So I've got that. I've got the sarcasm gene and I absolutely need to use it. And I think it's good that we all do. But I think we have to watch how we re- like if we're reacting to them, then they're leading. They're controlling it. So- I love this about you. I love that I've just learned this about you because <laughs> I learned my sarcasm. I got the sarcasm gene from my mother, too. And it's it's nature and nurture, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> Because I was I was like three or something. I was having a tantrum at a grocery store because she wouldn't buy me <laughs> fruit roll-ups or something. I wanted something. Actually, I was three, so it was probably something dumb, like a can of black olives. Um, you want something and you can't get it. Yeah. And so I started to have a tantrum, and my mom went and grabbed, you know, in the in the in the kitchen aisle, they had pots and pans and yeah. stuff. 
she grabbed a pot and a wooden spoon and started banging on it and marching up and down the aisle saying, hear ye, hear ye. My daughter is upset that I won't buy her a can of black olives and she really wants you to pay attention to her. Everyone, hear ye, hear ye. Like, and, and I just stopped and was like, <laughs> just frozen in my tracks like that's oh, brilliant maybe i maybe i didn't want that attention uh, and yeah so that's sort of like with small <laughs> troll accounts i love to do like they'll post yes. something totally misogynistic or or terrible or sexist or racist and i'll amplify it and i'll be like look everybody this person wants you to know they hate women and they'll be yes. like that's not you can't do that and i'm like i'm sorry did you not want more people to see what you said exactly because you believe in it so strongly <laughs> i was just going to show two hundred thousand people did you not want them to know and that's the bet yeah especially with those stupid small fucking troll accounts it's just, just punch down on those assholes uh, oh my god <laughs> oh my god that's so funny well just going back to i i was throwing a tantrum in the grocery store i wanted something too and i think i was I wasn't in the cart and I just like laid down on the ground and I was like literally pounding my fists and kicking and my mom just goes, okay, bye. And so she leaves me and she goes over into like the next aisle, but she's like peeking and she saw me like I, I, I figured out nobody was there. And then I get up and I'm going, mama. <laughs> it's like, so she, she taught me then it's like, you know, and, and my famous story is when I was crying and I wanted something and she just looked at me and she goes, I don't respond to whining. And I stopped because it didn't work. So, but yeah, that's, um, and of course you take that to Twitter and a lot of us are, I mean, oh my God, sometimes I see the best, most sarcastic mock worthy tweet or not mock worthy, but people who are mocking someone like Ted Cruz, it's like, they're, they're fucking great. And we need to do that because the left, we're not going to survive this without humor. And the left has such a good sense of humor. Um, but mm. I think it's like, we've, we're, we're in a crunch time right now. I don't think we can afford to only rely on our humor. We have to make sure and do our best to get the message out to maybe some of these people who aren't necessarily paying attention. I know people, a lot of on political Twitter, you're paying attention, but still this can reach people, you know, doesn't matter how small, how big you are. Every once in a while, I see a small account being um, picked up or amplified by a much bigger account and, they, and their tweet goes viral. So it really, it just, all of us can make a difference. It's really important that we step this up and act like winners. And I love that. And I'm just going to, I'm going to use that now on Twitter. So just FYI, that is all Allison. Yeah, act, act like winners. And let's make our Eeyore, uh, like our sad <laughs> yes. donkey meme. Like, oh my choose, God. Your, choose your Democrat, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's fucking um, awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to ask you real quick. Have you been watching anything on the Rittenhouse trial? I've been watching it today and I saw him uh, break down in tears. Yeah. And then I was thinking of that with him being at the bar saying free as fuck. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm like, that is, by the way, I, I am a terrible, terrible actress. I, I was a comedian. <laughs> I, I was an extra in a couple of movies. Uh, I, but the minute I went to UCB to take some acting classes, I was awful, horrible, realized I was never going to be an actress. <laughs> I am 10,000 times better than Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, that was bad. That was so fucking bad. And, you know, of course, everyone's comparing him to, um, you know, Supreme Court Justice Beer. <laughs> yeah, like... he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a tiny Kavanaugh. <laughs> yes, he's tiny Kavanaugh. Well, I mean, yeah, I, maybe, I... Yeah, maybe he's Tubin's kid. <laughs> 
I'm wondering, what was I going to ask you? Um, I'm, I have to look for the tweet now. I think mm-hmm. that the prosecutor asked for a mistrial. Did you hear that? Uh, I think the defense asked for asked for a mistrial. Oh, okay. Uh, oddly. Uh, oh, yes, over a prosecutor's judge. line of questioning. There you go. You're right. Okay, so. That, that judge isn't. Oh, my God. I know. He's a fucking asshole. He's just a complete. I would be happy for If I were the prosecutor, I'm like, yes, mistrial, mistrial, yeah, mistrial. Exactly. judge is a terrible, terrible asshole. Yeah, he, he's really, he's really bad. All right. Well, then, um, I guess I've got the uh, questions all answered, and I'm very hopeful, and I'm glad that I talked to you because you helped me out a little bit. So <laughs> I feel a little bit better today than I did before I talked to you. Um, Thanks. I'm a, I'm a peddler of hope porn, as they <laughs> say. They accuse me uh, of, of hoping too much and being too optimistic. And, you know, maybe I am, but to the detriment of who? The democracy? Exactly. I'm not killing it. Exactly. Um, exactly. I'm just trying to keep everybody on board and, and together and that we're in the fight together. And if you need to take a break, I'll, I'll, I'll carry the torch for you for a minute. Yeah. Vice versa. But we all have to be on the same page and we all have to act like winners. Yes. So thank you for the time today. I appreciate it. Well, before you, I let you go tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, everywhere. No. <laughs> um, because I was like you before you couldn't find me anywhere. But uh, <laughs> my main account that I tweet out of is at Muller, she wrote, M U E L L E R, she wrote. And I'm also at Allison Gill, two L's and Allison, two L's and Gill. And of course, at Daily Beans Pod. And you can hear the Daily Beans every morning and i think wow. today we yesterday we had pete struck on and wow. we have mary trump and we have all these really incredible guests frank Fuglusi and joyce vance was on yesterday she's amazing she and is yeah Barb mcquade and and that's where i get all my information from i'm not a lawyer i get yeah. i i listen to the experts like you do so yeah. if you want to listen to some more experts and and hear some news with swearing it's pretty much matto with swears you can do that at Daily <laughs> all right well that's good to know um, awesome. Well, then you, you can find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E and all my books are on Amazon. Thank you so much, Allison. It was awesome talking to you. Awesome to talk to you, too. We'll see you on Twitter. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.